to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. With your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rotten about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though... If you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with sharp and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool. I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? Indeed. Indeed it is. It is a science thing. It is a science place. It is a scientific fact that we're all up in your face. It is time once again for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. And additionally, welcome to it. Last show of the year. And what a year it's been. What an incredible year this has been. Uh, episode 278. I believe, yeah, and uh, yeah, there's been a lot of show, episodes of this show this year, and uh, I stand by all of it, and it's been a weird year, and if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that I would be talking to the incredible Kim Coletta, I would be like, that sounds awesome, and lo, awesome it shall be, because here she is. Kim, welcome to the show. Hey, Conan, thanks for having me. I've been wanting to have you on for a really long time, and, and uh, strangely enough, I didn't know how to contact you, and the idea that I could contact you through Facebook never occurred to me. I'm like, oh. And yeah. there I was. And, th- and there she, <laughs> there she I was. Mean, I should help you because I'm really third after Jay Robbins and Bill Barbo. Yep, yep, see? But, but. Not you, in my heart. Not in my heart. There you go. But you saved me for uh, episode 278, a very important episode. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's the closing down 2021. 2021, which was supposed to be so much better than 2020. Uh, we can get into that. Yeah, I mean, like, let, let's get into it. I mean, you, there were plans. There were plans. And there, they... were pl- there were plans. Um, not just my plans. Lots of people had plans. <laughs> just plans in general, yes. Just in general. But I, I have a good sense of humor and... Um, we have now planned our European tour for the third year in a row. <laughs> third, third time's a charm, yes. <laughs> and I say third time's a charm. And for a while, I was doing that thing where I'm like, oh, surely by, and you name a random month Ugh. and year that it will be fine by then. Yeah. So I am not going to say that it's going to be fine by June of June of 2022 when we're supposed to. Our tour just keeps shifting from year to year. Like we started strong with the reunion in 2019 that seemed promising and we were supposed to go to Europe, you know, right after that. And um, that didn't happen. So, yeah, so we have dates coming up and we will see now on the day by day plan, like many people are. Uh, So I I was lucky enough that I did. I got to see you in Chicago uh, for for that show, which was great. And and that's our home away from home. Right. It was, it was badass, And like, 
Love that place. It was doubly badass. I don't think I've talked about this on the show, but I, I think I may have messaged Bill about it. But like, uh, my band played the night before in St. Louis, and it was not awesome. Like it's one of one of one of those. Like generally speaking, I don't put my band in positions where it's going to be like you know a, a bad situation. But it just it's one of those shows that kind of make you question why you are doing anything, especially as you start to get older. And we've all had those shows, yes. And uh, I gotta say, like it was very, it, it was life affirming. Like I was like, wow, they're hitting this so hard, and they're doing this so well, and the people are just giving it back, you know, drawing it. Like it was beautiful. It was amazing. Yeah. It, it was, was so such, such nice energy. There's always been such good energy in Chicago. And that's why we released this live record that we just put out from the from the Chicago shows. Yeah. Because it just made sense. Like the energy from the crowd was so great. And, and you you know, you're a musician. You you feed off that. It, it um, can make a good show great. It, it can even make a show where like you're like, I'm not feeling this. And then like the crowd is awesome. We're like, all right, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> like it makes you play harder. It makes you like it. It just there's something about digging deeper or something. It does, and I I just love. I hadn't been to Chicago in a while. I love that city, and really all the dates, all the dates were good and special and yeah. surprising. Um, I blew up several base heads, which I've never <laughs> done. Like there were just some, you know. But listen, we were really prepared, and I I referenced this earlier when I messaged you. Yeah. I am, actually a super nerd right and so when i realized like jay had kept playing and bill had kept playing and zach but i really hadn't right. <laughs> kept playing yeah, yeah, um, yeah maybe dabbling but not playing in a band and so for a year ahead of the dates i practiced every day like every day wow that's awesome i mean that's was, like that's some karate kid stuff i love it, it was yes it was very karate kid um it was I just couldn't like, I would get home from work. I'm a teacher and be exhausted and be like, Nope, you, you're going to play at least, you know, 30 minutes a day, some practices longer. And I just wanted to be able to play those songs without even like looking much at my base. Like I had these lofty goals and, and it's funny because at first it was horrible. It was, I was really rusty. And first I had to remember the songs and I wrote them out. I wrote base tabs for myself because I'm like, what if we do this in 20 more years? I'm, I'm not going to learn it from scratch again. Right, exactly. You want to do it like yeah. once. You don't want to have exactly. to do it like every three months. <laughs> As I relearned them, like I actually wrote base tabs, which is, which I've never done anything like that. But I'm really grateful I did because now that I'm practicing again, yeah, there's a few parts I didn't, I'm like, oh, there it is right there. Go me. But yeah, so I, I really, I hit it hard. Um, I don't think other guys had to hit it as hard as I did, but it really paid off. Like it made me comfortable. I mean, I will say I felt like throwing up the the first show we played. It was a secret warm up show in Baltimore, um, but there were still like 250 people packed into this club. And secret, <laughs> exactly. Well, we, it was secret till the day before. Right, right, and, right. And then we let, let it out to friends and family, and you know the rest of the people, and it. Before I went on the stage, um, it was funny. Sh Shauna from uh, a band called War on Women, and oh, we're, yeah. playing, yeah. we're playing with Brooks now, who uh, instead of Bill. Um, but Shauna from the band, I she was there, and I said, "You know, Shauna, I'm so I'm so nervous, and 
you know, really, I feel sick to my stomach. And she kind of grabbed me by the shoulders. And she said, Kim Coletta, just play all the fucking notes. And for some reason, it really helped. And that became kind of my little mantra the whole tour, like play all the fucking notes. I thought of Shauna every time I was like having a moment. But, but I've always been nervous before I go on stage. Really? Whether I was in my 20s, my 30s, or, or, or now at this. You, ne- you never know it <laughs> from the outside perspective. It, no, I hear that a lot. But um, inside, I'm dying. And it's odd because I'm a rare person. I don't follow any of the public speaking rules. Like, you know, like, look to the back of the room and don't look right at the people. I actually stare right at people. No, you're, you're right, right there. Right there. <laughs> I, I I actually love that. And like, it's weird, right? Like it's weird, but it's my, like my, it's some become like this signature thing. And it, it actually, when I look at individual people who seem to be enjoying themselves, it like settles me. Yeah. Um, it doesn't distract me. It, I think it's an odd affect, but there it is. It works for me. I mean, for, from my perspective and coming up as I started to, again, uh, for the younger listeners and viewers of, of the show, you may not realize that all music was not available to you all the time, always. So you kind of had to like discover it in your own time. But like when I discovered uh Jawbox, I, I was, I was blown away first of all, by the melodicism, right? It's sort of like, Hey, the guitar is doing cool stuff. Like, you know, ah, that bass sounds cool. The drums are awesome. But like, also like, wow, those are, like at the time I, I couldn't have been, couldn't have told you what hooks were, but I was like, wow, these are catchy songs. I like this. But then by the same token, you quickly became what I would call the Holy Trinity of Kim's, which is also a Gordon and um, deal uh, of like, what a badass bass player. And like, why are all awesome bass players named Kim for some reason? But anyway, uh, and part of what made Jawbox so fantastic to me was the fact that you had this just super solid foundation. Like, you know, the bass and the drums is like locking in on this thing that like you had, you know, Bill's doing whatever Bill's doing. Jay's doing whatever Jay's doing. They're clashing. They're, they're it was like rolling around on his back on the stage. And yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I did. I made for this thing where, where Conan, there's, so there's, there Sorry. are times like even when I'm playing live or at practice with those guys that I'm like, what the fuck is going on with the guitars? <laughs> like, like, it just, I'm like in the middle and there's one on either side of me. And I'm like, no wonder I just have to hold this down. <laughs> like someone's got to hold it down. So like Zach and I are just, you know, walking in, doing our thing. Cause it is so maniacal, the interplay of guitars, which I love. But there are times and the, and Bill and Jay, and I've only recently started playing with Brooks. He seems more understated than Bill volume wise at practice. <laughs> um, but they were just like, kept turning it up. So right. they just kept getting louder and louder at practice. And Zach does play really hard. And um, just, we're just a loud band. Yeah. But, I mean, but, but the thing is it all works. And the thing is, as a, <laughs> as a listener, there were times that like Jawbox, I would actually, uh, as as I kind of went from being just music fan to also musician, one of the first things I thought of is like, it must be crazy to be a bass player in this band. Like when I finally understood like more about it, because it was like, because it's what the rhythm section does makes those songs so intrinsic and driving, but it's just like non-Euclidean geometry to your left and, and you know, freaking algebra over to your right. Like, it's like, what is happening? But it all works somehow. And it's catchy. 
Yeah, because Jay can sing, right? Yeah. So what, a, and, what an awesome dude. He's a great singer. And what's interesting is I think in some ways we've come back stronger because we have wisdom we didn't have yeah. when we were kids. Yeah. Like Jay has better control of his voice. He uh, he's his control is a step like as someone that well uh, not to constantly turn it back to me, but as someone that's like basically learned better technique for singing, like I've come to respect those that have it. And he's a I mean he's a monster. Like he's he's really good. Yeah, and on the on this last tour, Jay had um for the first time ever worked with a vocal coach from really? the Baltimore area. Yeah, and he gave him some wasn't like a lengthy class or anything like that, but it was yeah. some some time with this guy and he developed a series of vocal warm-ups because your voice does change as you get older. Like it's yeah. it's harder. And um we actually probably no one knows this is probably the first time anyone knows this, but we dropped everything down half a step on the instruments. Really? Oh that's I love that. Love oh. I knew you would love that. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I knew you would love that. So um, no one would know that live, but it just made it easier for the vocals. Yeah, I mean that that was uh, 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 Nirvana did that. You know, well, like good enough for Nirvana, good enough for me. Put it on doily hanging on the wall. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like there's drop D tuning and other like alternate tunings, but this was just everything goes down half a step and uh, across, you know, the strings and um, you. On the bass, you play it the same, so it didn't, you know, rattle me at all. But it 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 really helped, I think. Um, Jay hit hit the notes vocal. I, I mean, the there, there was just there was just something so wonderful about seeing all you guys just attack those songs and and like really kind of come at it. You mentioned it, like you know, sort of like with like a little bit of age, a little bit of distance, and to like almost kind of really recognize what made each song kind of badass and like lean into it. Like it was. Like a masterclass, not I, to like. I had some moments too where I was rehearsing by myself and I'm playing the song and I'm remembering how I used to play it. And then I'm like, <laughs> why, why would you, why would you have played it that way? It's hard, harder than it needs to be. And so I just, I changed the way I play some stuff, play it on different, different frets, you know, whatever. And, and I just, wrote some different parts even added to parts um it was a lot of fun kind of just tweaking it a little bit the bass lines so this is something that i always ask folks whenever they you know reconvene or come back after a break or something did you find yourself hearing different things when you when you came back to the music uh yes um i i really i'm not too much of a listener of my own band. I think some people are and Which I, is fine. Yes. <laughs> I'm not judgmental about it. I just, you know, hadn't been like, I'm gonna listen to a Dropbox record today. Just, yeah. You know, I think there's so much amazing music out there. I don't usually like think to do that. So I really had to intently listen to it again. And I, I was happy how especially the last two records and some of novelty had really stood the test of time. Um in my estimation, um, no, absolutely. You disagree with that, or, or, or whatever. That's no, no. Right. Let, let me actually say that if anything, they've aged better. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I think we were weird, and, and we sat we sat between some genres of music. And one of the reasons I know that is because back in the day, we played with a variety of bands. Like we played from bands like 
from corrosion of conformity to my bloody Valentine. And it, it kind of worked, you know, like it all kind of, like we could play with soft bands and loud bands and um, really not many hardcore bands. Cause that wasn't really, but, but still some, some hardcore bands, even like we played with bad religion. I remember. And um, yeah, so it was like something about our music. And I, I know myself, I was really informed by the bit, a lot of bands on Homestead and touch and go. Um, when we were kids so well but you guys yes you guys had a thing where you always were going to sound like a little bit like you're not going to there's no band that sounded exactly like you guys which is and and i I, we talk a lot in the show about that being something that i feel like that was more of a thing in the 90s that like it was a bad to sound like other bands now i feel like people do it intentionally with i'm like all right whatever yeah no i get it uh but like since you're not going to sound like the other bands like why not just play with other bands that like kind of make you want to hit a little harder and they get you stoked about you, you know that's great and i always love that about you guys too because it's just you it seemed like you had a, a quiet authority to who you were as a band for, again from the outside i don't know what it was like from the inside but yeah no and i actually think um we made we made that obviously like pretty giant leap from discord records to atlantic records pretty big leap yeah. <laughs> But you, but you, you know the times, and it was like A yeah. and R people were like, "Oh shit, just throw a bunch of money and get a bunch of bands, and maybe something will be big." Right. And we were we were no dummies; like we knew what was going on and chose chose to do it. And I think, really, I mean, we drove Atlantic crazy because we <laughs> stayed exactly who we were, and that's not. That's not what they want. Why can't you just write some hits? Just write please. some hits for us, please. Exactly. And our, our poor A&R guy, like, actually came from the Boston hardcore scene. This guy, Mike Gitter, great guy. But he was under pressure from the label to, like, talk to us in certain ways and, like, well, could you do this to this song? Or and we're like, no, we can't. And no, we can't do that. And they wanted us to um, – I remember this. This is, like um, – on for your own special sweetheart, there's like uh the mermaid in a snow globe and her nipple was showing and they yeah, were like, yeah, 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 yeah. like all kinds of things, like just such surreal meetings and like you know, like Jewel would be walking by. <laughs> it's just it was just a the weird nineties golden era of, of Atlantic records. Like they they did have some terrible artists and some great artists at that time. And um yeah, but no, we stayed pretty true. What we got was more money to record which was awesome right yeah 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 <laughs> and that's uh, and i just think about you know a song a song like savory that like i mean if you round the edges off that song i don't think it works necessarily i mean it would still be a good song but like i mean i've seen jay do it like stripped down it was beautiful but like but yeah. like as a like what entirely the fuck is this like what i mean is that? you know it's funny you say that of all the songs i said I think of savory and I'm like, what in God's name are we thinking when we did this? <laughs> I can't actually remember because even the baseline, right? It's just it does it it almost doesn't make sense. No, like, I know. It's just, it hurts, right? Like you know, you know when, I, when I went to relearn savory, I'm like, hmm. Like it like some songs, you know, like they're puttering along and <laughs> they're flowing along, but yeah, savory's just like stop start interjecting stuff's like you know popping in here popping yes. out doing this doing it's that super, going this i think it's a super weird song and it, it's yet it's the song that people especially atlantic latched onto is like yeah. maybe, maybe we can do something with this sucker 
Um, but when I relearned it, I'm like, it's prickly, this song. It's like just very, but you're right. I, how it holds together is honestly beyond me, even at this point. Yeah, it, it just establishes its own gravitational pull somehow. And like, it's like, again, if it's the kind of thing that if you just sit there and describe the constituent parts, it's people are like, that sounds terrible. No. But it's, it's no, awesome. I, I get it. Cause I think if like you heard, I just thinking of myself, if you heard the bass by itself, you'd be like, is a three year old playing bass? On this? <laughs> But but it's, but it's the perfect like I have used that song as an example of a band being more than its constituent parts because I think if you take like like it's like if any part of the dance stops like it doesn't work but it's this incredible thing that's more than the sum of the awesome things that are uh, that are included. no thank you that's that's actually a super sweet way of describing it and I I really do believe that something about the way we came together as a band, like really worked. And I, my baselines got more complex as time went on as I got to become I was a better player. But in a way, I, I never tried to over, overly complicate the baselines because of the guitars that we talked about. Because if there was also really super fiddly bass, like I, I love bass and bass playing. I love like, I think the space is as important as just like, playing it through and some of the job box songs i play straight through but often i don't um yeah like like it, mike watt would not work in job box like and i adore mike watt but it, it wouldn't <laughs> like his style of playing wouldn't you know it's no, crazy, like right? and i couldn't play like mike watt right so which is fine <laughs> different. It's like, yeah, but i totally admire it but yeah no it's just definitely different styles and i don't have really any formal training i mean i played the clarinet when i was a a kid but um yeah i just picked up the bass and like started listening to the Bauhaus and Joy Division albums because I could really hear the bass start like picking that up and funny someone just uh messaged me today a guy who's just just learning to play bass and wanted some advice should he start with I think he said should I start with chords or scales and I'm like well, I did none of that. Like I didn't, I did none of the things you're saying like that. I, I just didn't. I just kind of started with Jawbox and kind of picked it up as I went. Um, and I'm not a magician. Like I'm not as natural a musician as like Bill and Jay and Zach. I have to work a little harder for it. Um, that's okay. So, so, okay. That's interesting that you say that because I, I mean, for me, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like there's any disparity at all. It's just, it feels like it's, you're approaching things differently. That's awesome. I think um, it, it shows in our songwriting, um, lots of the job box songs actually came from a beginning bass part. I'm saying more, um, they just pick up on things so rapidly and I need more processing time. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it, you know, like, and, and that's something that it, it does having spoke to both those dudes. Like it does seem like they're, you know, they adopted like the, the indie rock Lennon McCartney sort of aspect of just like, what if we did this? this and you're like, no, and sometimes like at practice, I remember those days Zach and I would just be like, oh dear God. Um <laughs> but but it's it is bigger than the sum of its parts, the guitars yeah. like in the band, which I which I love. They're so discordant and weird at times and yet somehow melodic, like you said, I don't I think that's cool. 
that that's the trick. I mean, and that's the thing that that uh, to, to me makes the band so special because even the, even when I hear bands that have influence from you, it's usually like oh, like they're doing like discordant things, but there's like an, it's like some melodic element too. Like maybe it's the vocals, or maybe like you know, oh, that's a cool like thing that's happening there. But it's so kind of hard to, to to grasp exactly what makes it work, but man, it really works. And it's something that you have to understand. Like I, I and again, I. I, when I heard it, I saw the video for Savory and I was like, what exactly is happening and how can I find out more about this? Because it just did. It didn't sound like anything. And you're, let's be clear. You're talking to someone that like my favorite bands at the time, like the butthole surfers and like Melvin's and like, you know, like, and I was like, wow, they're doing like Sonic youth stuff. But it, like, it sounds like the Beatles on like, what's happening? What is this? And I loved it. Isn't the drummer of the Melvin's in your band? Yeah. Yes. That's cool. But if we play a few shows with a Melvin, you could you could do worse than play with one of Rock's greatest living drummers. Yes, I agree with you. Absolutely. <laughs> but you should know as you play with another one of Rock's uh, greatest living drummers, like what a badass Zach is. Like, I mean, he, he's 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 such a great drummer. I mean, I I knew that like when back in the day when we had shows, he would like also line up on the sides of stages just to watch him he's, play drums. There's like, an intensity, right, to it that's, like, really kind of compelling to watch. Yeah, I'm not sure if I have the lexicon to describe it necessarily, but there's something, like, propulsive to what he does. And I know there's, like, a certain type of technique, and I'm sure I'm going to hear from every drummer that listens and watches this show immediately. But, like, there's something about so specific about what he does. Like, it, it's it's fascinating. But, like, it isn't, like, there's, there's no intensity drop at all. Because you, I know some people that are, like, Oh, they're like almost prog players or something, and they're tippy tapping some cool stuff. But like, he's not a tippy tapper. He's not. It's, it's, um, it's he's right not, there. But he's do, doing things that aren't always rock based. Yeah, it's always like, is it jazzy. Do you think? Yeah, like, he's very jazz influenced. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and you know, he's he his outside music beyond Jawbox is always. Stuff I don't even understand. Really. <laughs> well, like I was listening, I was listening to "Won't Come Off" earlier today. Actually, I was going to get some cat food or some other Monday nonsense. And it's a good song to listen to when you get cat food, people. <laughs> like that is the song you should listen to. Especially <laughs> with the getting of cat food. I can't. I, I want to hear what you have to say because then I want to say something about "Won't Come Off." Well, because because it's just like it seems like it's all very much built off the drum pattern. Like it's just like this like real kind of like. Okay, what's happening? And then like stuff comes again, stuff comes in, comes and then like, you know, when it kind of like when it when it finally like hits, it's like, oh, it's it's so satisfying as a song. Cause you're like kind of listening to this, like, you know, almost like I I've I've had people do stereo field tests for me. Um, like with like high-end audio equipment. And like it's something where it just kind of like and then it's all in the center without it actually doing those things specifically that like it's a very ephemeral song in that way that like it's difficult to describe, but it's but God, it's a ripper. Like I I was like, and it's another reason why, like, first time I had Jay on, a bunch of people got pissed at me because we spent 90% of the show talking about that record. And I love that record. But people were like, I, Why don't you talk about the other records? I'm like, I don't really want to talk about that record. Let's hear I it. love that record too, because we just <laughs> it became better, I think. It was it was I feel like you were at the peak of your power. And and I was talking to someone else, a, a friend and another fan of the band that was like, it's the rare example I feel of a band actually getting better with every release. I like to think we did. Um, I mean, I would I'll testify. 
you know, in front of Senate or whatever. <laughs> um, Won't Come Off is one of my favorite, favorite songs to play live. It's, it it just it just rips. But but let me tell you, <laughs> at the end of the tour, Zach and Jay were like, we don't want to play this song. Like there was something about it for them that was just hard. Um, for me, it's just pure pleasure. And I was like, come on. And so on this next hopeful dates that we're playing, um, we're not doing won't come off. And and I'm I hope I want to take this clip of the show and play it for them. Please. I'll make it a little four-minute YouTube video like Paige Hamilton got, and I'm just gonna <laughs> play it for them. Forrest, pay attention. <laughs> yes, because uh, it's a it it shreds. Like I'm mad about that. Like I I'm just like, but I love won't come off. But everyone, we're we're a democracy, which is terrible yeah. when it comes to a band because everyone's you know just the forward motion's like so slow and creaky because everyone has to have a have a say in it. But I decided just let it, let it go. We are we are trying to pick up some other songs from our catalog for the next round. Well, and, that's, something, that's something I want to talk about. Like, how do you? How yeah, do you... because well, we played one song from Grip, right. which was Grip, because we didn't write the songs with Zach. Um, yep. Frankly, and someone would argue with me about this, and it's fine. They're they're babyish songs, and that's that's cool because we were little babies then when we wrote those, and those have not all stood the test of time, and some of them we would never play ever again. Yeah, but something we could throw in. We're like looking to throw some more stuff in. Like we might play some more East Coast shows again. Same the same markets we did in 2019, without saying too much because the shows are not announced. Um, also, West Coast dates also not announced yet, with a band that people will be happy about. That's all very cryptic, isn't it? It's just super cryptic. I, I know, I but COVID, <laughs> it's it's a COVIDy message because yeah, yeah, no, our yeah. shows. Our show's happening in March. I don't know. Like the day, I hope so. the day by day plan. I, I don't really know. Hope so. where Omicron takes us. Um, my, my son just came home. Um, he's 20 um, for this holiday break. And uh, he brought the gift of COVID with him. So, so my whole um, Christmas was just... Like for two, he came home on December 16th and for two days he was kind of hurt. He had a like sniffly nose, but I didn't really think anything of it because like people do get sick. But then when we were going to Jay's house actually for a dinner, um, I was like, oh, I guess I need to test him. And I'm like, oh, oh shit, he's positive. Um, so then he quarantined his bedroom for 10 days and I just wore a mask when I, I, I he, we called him King COVID because he was pretty sick actually, but. All his meals were delivered to the door because what can you do? Yeah, I mean, what um, can you my, do? Exactly. My husband and I did not get COVID by some miracle. Uh, yeah, that, that yeah. is a miracle. I mean, that's uh, no. I've been tested three times, so I'm I'm out of that woods. But whatever. I'm also a teacher, so I would I wouldn't dare out them on air. But there's 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 folks that have similar stories, and there's folks that you know weren't weren't so lucky with it, and. I get that people don't want to talk about it. Like I fully understand it. There's, there's, there's sort of like a stigma to it along yeah, those lines. Is there, is there still a stigma? I, I, I don't know. Some people seem to think there is. And I, and I, I, for me, I, I, I'm like, okay, he has, COVID. and you know, I think the stigma is like, 
you have to call it a breakthrough case so everyone knows you've been vaccinated. Well, exactly. You have to mention, well, just to be clear, I've got the because I don't the vax. He was due to get his booster the damn day he tested positive for, for COVID. And I, I am boosted. I'm like, did that make a difference? I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, one could, one could, I mean, I know, I know someone very close to me in my world got it and, um, what yeah it was a breakthrough case it was and just works in a place that has a lot of people and we're we're gonna get a lot of a lot more breakthrough cases i have a feeling and i just heard from my my school um like we're not going back next monday like we're supposed to because there has to be testing how could you yeah how could you you can't you can't. <laughs> there's no way yeah you can't because I, I work with fifth graders right now and um they're like little germ factories at the, on the best days. Oh, exactly, and, and that's without the uh, without the global pandemic part of it. With, with that, exactly, <laughs> that's without the global pandemic. And it, it's funny that demographic because their brains are hardwired to be. Um, I'm, I'm at an all boys school. I want to say there's oh, dudes. They just fifth graders that age. It's like being on tour, right? <laughs> it's not unlike it. There's a lot of men in my life. And that's and that's fine. I, I do quite fine. Hold my own. Um, but the fifth graders want to they're like puppy dogs. So for the first like few few months of the pandemic, when when we did go back in person eventually last midway through last year, getting hoarse, all the teachers shouting, six feet, stay six feet apart. And then we just gave up. Slowly you can't do it. <sighs> and you just and it's okay because you know what saved us up until Omicron was the mask wearing because the kids were really compliant about wearing a mask, which is really amazing because adults, well, not all of them so much, but kids, kids were like, okay, now I wear a mask. And they kind of did it. They're like, oh, now this is actually working. So, so, so I feel like you'd be a greater authority on this than I, but to, to me, like, I don't know, maybe I grew up different, but the idea of like having to wear a mask between, instead of like, I get to wear a mask. Like, are you kidding me? Like, Hell yeah, I'll wear a mask. I feel like a bandito or something. You know, it's funny. They were like, a few of them, like, it's not, they can't do it. Like, it's on their chin or it's it's like this on their face or whatever. They're just not good mask wearers. But most of them, it's like no different than wearing a costume. They're like, okay, now I wear a mask. Yeah. Um. I mean, my favorite, again, one of my favorite moments was when I masked up, put on black sunglasses and a hat that said consume. <laughs> And then went out shopping. I was like, I feel like the most badass person that ever lived right now. No, it's, and it's perfectly like ethical and like actually encouraged by many people that would not normally say that. There's a few people. I have a friend, uh, a good friend with um, social anxiety, and he has so enjoyed the mask wearing because yeah. he sweats in certain situations and it really hides quite a bit. Yeah, um, and he's much more comfortable with the mask on. So. Not everyone hates the mask. Most people hate the mask, but it, it's, um, it's an interesting construct and it seems like it's going to be with us for a while. Or yeah. at least those of us who wear masks. But yeah, for some know, of us, I guess. <laughs> listen, you're in Wisconsin, right? Yeah, which in the in the in the urban areas, like it's fine, right? Right, and then Madison is cool, right? But the one Dane County like, is like the most, yeah. Dane County is like the most vaccinated county in like the United States of America. Milwaukee is like up there, like. But the second you get ten minutes out into the suburbs, like forget about it. It's like, oh, COVID's over, I guess. Huh? Yeah. So I, you know, right. I I live in a, just north of DC, the in Maryland is called Montgomery County. We also are amongst the most vaccinated counties. 
Yeah. We're at like 99.5% or something. So I live in a little bubble politically. And now, you know, with the pandemic, which is, is political ramifications, which is ridiculous, but there it is. And I sometimes forget, like I just went 20 minutes north into the more of the Maryland countryside right. to a brewery over this holiday break. And I'm like, oh, only 50% of the people were wearing masks. And I was, I'm like, oh, I was like shaken out of my little reverie, which is yeah. in this like progressive urban area, realizing like, we could have, we don't have, we, wouldn't, we shouldn't be in this spot right now. Um, but, you know, here we are. And it's, 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 it's weird. If, if dying doesn't convince people to get vaccinated, then I guess <laughs> gonna I, have <laughs> I have nothing left, right? And then, you, then it's like what Darwinism? I mean, I, I, like I, I hate to say it, and like, you know, folks like Steve Albini have been sort of like tutting people, like you know, wishing those they get they sick ill will to come at it with that intent. But like, I'm like, maybe that's maybe that's what's gonna. And I guess I'm just not as good of a person because I'm like, well, is it so bad if, if they if they croak? I don't know. <laughs> maybe it isn't. I'm almost. I'm not even. What's the Bill Hicks bit like, oh, we we lost an asshole. Great. <laughs> I'm not tutting. It's more like you had choices. You didn't make yeah. good choices, and it's so mind mind blowing to me. But how do you move forward if you don't have agreed upon set of facts? Like there's just like there's no common ground to it, and and that's what like yeah. I was talking to someone this morning about like how I was like, oh, we have to like lock down for like two weeks. Oh my God, that's so crazy. I can't believe, you know, we got to cancel these shows. We got to, oh, that's so nuts. Like two weeks. <laughs> People are dramatic. He's dramatic. Like, I know. And it's like, if we would have done that, this would wouldn't be a thing anymore. No, I know. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah. And, and it's now I'm like, that's going back to the beginning of our conversation. That's why I before would have been like, of course, June of 2022 will be fine in Europe. Yeah, well, I'll be fine by then. That's like a year away. <laughs> I'm going to say shit. I'm not saying anything because it may not be fine. Uh, and let me tell you, I have traveled twice internationally over the summer and recently to Denmark to get married. That is a long story. Which, congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And he, he's Belgian. <laughs> so, and why did we get married in Copenhagen, Denmark? The answer is um, because the U.S. puts up major blockers to getting married to foreigners because, you know, we're xenophobic and don't really want immigrants of any kind. And Belgium doesn't mind having me, but their list of marriage requirements was like this long. So I Google easiest place to get married in Europe, Copenhagen. Really? Okay. It's the Las Vegas of Europe. Who knew? And that's like, it was so easy. Vegas, so, Copenhagen. There you go. Yeah, so we met, we met there. So I've traveled twice internationally. And well, I, both times I went to Iceland and I went to, I went to very civilized Scandinavian countries. Um, oh yeah. Where they have actual healthcare systems and such. Yes. And they're very progressive. And so the, yeah. So oh, what's that like? each time, Iceland, I beat the Delta variant by like a week. And now in Denmark, I beat the Omicron variant by like a week. So follow me, people. Follow where I go. You'll be safe. Yes, follow Kim. Do whatever she does. <laughs> but, but what I realized from traveling internationally, because not everyone's done that, is it's a cluster duck. 
out there. And I think of like the tour we have in June coming up is a lot of flying from country to country rapidly. And with the shifting COVID testing rules and you got to get it done within 24 hours. And now you have to quarantine in some countries because the U S is a red zone. If we didn't do it right now, we couldn't actually do it as planned. Couldn't keep up with the COVID testing. That's so right. I thought of the logistics today with our booking agent. It was like really demoralizing. Um, Cause yeah, like if the tour was this week, no way could it happen as conceived. Wouldn't even happen. Nope. Ugh. No, the U.S. is a different story, right? Because it's just a different story. I don't need to get COVID tested when I roam around. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not. I was talking to somebody. Somebody was asking me. I was like, it's not only just a different story from state to state. It's like city to city. It's venue to venue. Like it's just there's no. Oh, that's true. Like I'm again. I'm used to D.C. where it's like you have to be vaccinated and be wearing a mask if you're going right. to a show. Which um, basically almost every venue in Milwaukee is the same way. I know yeah, Chicago is even more stringent, but like. You know, is is it that way the second you get into Iowa? No. Like no. Is it that way in Indiana? Definitely not. Mm. Like But we we have shows planned, like I said, on the West Coast in March. And just kind of watching what's happening and just, just seeing what's going on. Don't want to buy the plane tickets yet. <sighs> don't want to buy the plane ticket. I don't. Like I just or refundable tickets. I don't know. No, I get it. I hundred percent get it, and it's no. it's such a, it's such a track because we're practicing. We're practicing as if we're playing shows. Yeah, so exactly. there it is. Because what else do we do? You'll be ready. You'll I'm be gonna ready. be ready. I'm gonna be ready for something a, a backyard concert. Yeah. So like so, sure. And why not? Right. Like whatever. Like the, the better than literally better than nothing. Uh. So Bill moving. To, a, to Vermont on a dirt road, like in Vermont. <laughs> the dirt road. <laughs> I know this because I went up there. My son uh, was at the University of Vermont. And I, mm-hmm. I flew up there and went to visit Bill. And there's like an ice storm because it's November. Because November's not a kind month in Vermont because it's no. not snowing yet, but it's terrible. Yeah, um, it snows, it's, it's beautiful. But before that, it's terrible because it's just freezing. So it's an ice storm. And I'm on these rural roads that I'm not used to driving on. And there's no, and there's no lights, right? You get used to being in a city where things are lit. And, but it's rush hour, which, right. which is a hilarious construct. But, but sure. what it means is a bunch of big pickup trucks and SUVs know exactly how to get back to their house in the woods from Burlington, Vermont. And I don't, so I'm going really slowly, and they're very impatient with me. And they're like, get out of my way! Yeah, like, I finally make it to the road, to the road, to the road before Bill's house, and then finally I'm driving, and I'm like, I'm on a damn dirt road. He moved to a dirt road. Um, and good for him. Like, this is a lifestyle change he's wanted. Yeah. And I think he, he, he was still in the band when he moved up there. He seemed pretty stoked about it. I mean, it wasn't like... Yeah, yeah, but, you know, then I think the reality of having someone come from Vermont and Brooklyn and Baltimore and D.C. and come together in a meaningful way is very hard and expensive. Yeah, it's a um, lot of logistics. Well, uh, at least Zach... We practice in Baltimore, so is Zach driving from New York City to Baltimore is not... It's long, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah. But Vermont's a flight, you know, so... Um, he just told us he, he was, um, 
wished us well. And we really had a long talk with him. Is it okay to go on without you or not? Because the four of us are so wrapped up in it. And um, he, he really wanted us to do it and really gave Brooks, especially this, the kind of stamp of approval. And um, I have now played with Brooks Harlan. He's amazing. He's a, like a classically trained musician. Like he went to the college for this, uh, which beats most of us. And he shows up at the first job box practice with fucking sheet music. Like he, he's written sheet music for Bill's parts. I love that. It was incredible. Like, Jay, do you have a music stand? Oh, yes, Jay does, which is right. So Jay, like, so then but Brooks is not pretentious at all. Like, if you have pretension, Brooks is the cosmic opposite of pretension. So it's just very understated. And I'm the one who's flipping out. So I'm like, because I think I'm 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 real fancy with my bass tabs. Right. Not that I need them to practice anymore, but but then I look and I'm like, I'm snapping pictures of it because I don't even understand what I'm looking at. Uh, it's, it's real sheet music. So we have Jawbox sheet music for Bill. That's awesome. Music. Put it in a book and sell it as a merch item. I'm only half nice, nice Conan, always looking to to you know make a buck. <laughs> always looking to monetize. Exactly. Monetize <laughs> that word. Yeah, to monetize this. Um, I mean, like, who would buy it? There's always there's always someone who will, who would probably buy it. Uh, but so we practice with Brooks, and he's just lovely and really. Um, just came in and hit the ground running. He he's like over prepared in a me kind of way, right? No, no, he, I mean, he will sit there, and I'll, I I'm throwing Jay under the bus a little bit, but not really when I finish the story because Jay has good intentions maybe to practice all the Jawbox songs before the Jawbox practice, but then he's really busy with the studio and all these things, and he doesn't practice at all. It will be in the middle of the song and. It'll grind to a halt because Jay's like, Whoa, what do I play here? But then he goes, hmm, hmm, oh, got it. I remember. Like, just like that, he's back on track. He hasn't practiced, but he's just, that's what I mean. He's just, he is a very organic, natural musician. Like, he lives for music. I know I know folks like that where it's just. Yeah. It's just in his blood. And without it, he'd be in big trouble. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm stoked that you don't have to practice. I, I still do, and I'm a little bit mad at you that you. That you yeah, no, I really I, I like to look at Jay. And clearly, Jay puts a lot of practice in, especially with songwriting. But um, right. sure. just relearning this stuff, like he's it was kind of like fun to watch him, kind of like on the fly, just be able to kind of like like figure it out. That's well, cool. especially I mean, some of that stuff's pretty wild. Like it's, it's yeah, it is wild. But I think figuring out Bill's parts could not have been easy. Um, I think Jay ends up maybe going back to some studio tracks and pulling out Bill's tracks for him. And then he listens to the live record from Chicago because it had oh, been, awesome. masked, yeah. been masked by then. So he was able to hear what it sounded like there. And so he just put it together and he came to practice being super modest. Like, you know, I'm just doing this for the first time. And then he was just playing it. And I was like, wow. So I am excited to play with him. We're playing again on Sunday. We haven't practiced in a while, um, but we're uh, hitting it now, thinking that we're touring in March. It That's hard. awesome. Yeah. I, I honestly and earnestly wish that, that I could see it. Uh, and, and it's, it's, 
I mean, you're welcome, to fly, you're welcome to fly out to the West Coast and attend one of these shows. I'll ha- be happy to put you on the guest list. We just flew back from the West Coast. 30 hours, two canceled flights, and a misconnection. And um, so this does not really give me like this great feeling about like, because flights are so messed up right now. Oh, it's Oof. it's not great. So, so me, I'm triggering you by saying you should take a flight to the West Coast. Yeah, I mean, like, in a few weeks, maybe like, yeah, sure. But like right now, I'm like, hell no. Oh, uh, like, all right. So you have PTSD right now. Exactly. I'm still in the PTSD. Give, give me a little time and I'll be like, well, um, the. Yeah. All right. But I, it'll be, I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it'll be fine when you do it. You can't say that, Conan, but thanks. Thank you. I, I don't want to call her. I don't want, I'm excited that you guys are doing it, even if I can't be there. Um, those are huge shoes to fill. Like, Bill is such a unique player. Like and, and like not just a player but a presence. Like, I know. I know. Like, I, know I, I listen. I have such mixed feelings about it. Like, right. you know, he's also my ex-husband, right? Yeah, yeah. But so but I just a lot of history and. Um, I, I never define a guess by who they're married to, but yeah, that I mean. We, yeah, we, no, but I I I brought it up, not you, and yeah. it was actually nice to go on tour in 2019 because we hadn't had. The only interaction we really had was regarding our son, our son. Um, yeah. <laughs> which makes sense. Uh, and really, it was nice to reconnect with him on different levels, to remember like an older version of Bill <laughs> that I once knew. That so you're not annoyed with. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> I'll love Bill. I'll love. Bill's never going to get this far in this in this. <laughs> I am. We're safe. He doesn't have enough hours in the day. He has two young girls. He's a busy dude. He's a busy two young dude. girls and a job and like dirt roads to walk. He's, he's, and he's and he's writing like kick ass power pop with Jim. You know, like oh Jim Stallman. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that Fox All Stack stuff, man. It's great. That yeah, it was cool, wasn't it? Ah, yeah. It was really, really like um, I thought it was really um put together and thoughtful but that's, yeah like I, it, I that. bill and jim are pr- precise like i i i'm not surprised it came out as it did i mean in a way that i never expected like oh wow the greatest power pop record i've, I've heard in like years came from these dudes like wow great yes yeah, they, nice they didn't they played like one show maybe or something like it just yeah and then bill moved and I don't know that they're playing anymore. I have no idea, actually. I hope they do because it the the approach of folks doing like something like Uber Poppy like that that come from like a more like noisy, crazy yeah. background. Like there's something real special about that. Yeah. Well, I um I'm trying to write new music with um Excellent. the guy who's now my husband, and he is he's a drummer, of course, um, which is convenient. And so I actually <laughs> I actually met this guy, his name's Yo. I actually met him. Um, he put on our show in Belgium in 1994. Show organizers take note. Exactly. That's how you get the get the woman. It just takes 25 years. Just um, throw a kick-ass show and, and the rest will fall into place. Well, what's, what was notable about the show, it was in a town called Leuven, which is a big university town outside of Brussels. And hottest show we've ever played. And that's saying something, because I played like 
over 700 shows. Yeah, where so, the walls are like dripping. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my and God. They don't have air conditioning in most of Europe and it's June or maybe, yeah, it's the end of June. And um, there's a, a really iconic photo of us, which one, is one of my favorites, where Bill and Jay and I are sitting in the kitchen of this club, which is the dressing room. Um, <laughs> you know the deal. Yeah, I know, I know it. I know it. Was know deal, but it's better than a squat. And, um, we're steaming like our bodies are steaming yeah the show was just really it's a cool picture um i actually have a print of it in a frame downstairs because it just reminds me of lots of good times it's just cool but anyway so that's how i met him he he is a super jawbox fan right super nerdy jawbox fan yes. and we stayed in touch via letters for a while then lost touch and then reconnected uh post-divorce and post post-divorce relationships we both had um, on social media, as you do. And it was like then a lifetime special, really like a punk rock lifetime special. Oh, really awesome. I love that. No, it's really sweet. But he's unfortunately in Belgium right now. And I'm here because um, he's going to move here, but waiting for the green card, which takes a year. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's No, I mean, it's just for various reasons. I need to stay in the States right now. So um, he's happy to move here, but just uh, we're both actually happy to keep our jobs as well because we have kids in college. So he's doing his thing and I'm doing my thing. But he was here recently. He was here recently for my son quarantining for COVID for 10 days. So. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't want to miss a, a scintillating second of that, would you? Uh, it was like, hi, this is my new husband. And then go to your bedroom and I don't want to see you for 10 days. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was almost like that. Please stay away from him and do not give him the. Well, my, my son was super compliant because like he's not eight years old. So what twenty year old guys do is like put on headphones and just shout to their friends. Yeah. In game. So <laughs> wasn't like that different? Quarantining wasn't that different than his normal day to day. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. It wasn't that much of a stretch, really. Not really. Um, yeah, it's, I think if you have younger kids, it's it is a stretch because my my brother's eight year old did get COVID recently, and Ugh. that's much harder. To stick an eight year old alone for ten days is. I would imagine so. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. So, so do you? So okay, having little to nothing to do with literally any of that, but like, I, I want to go back to the, you got you got a deep catalog. Like the band did put out a lot of cool stuff. How and and you mentioned it being a democracy, right? How do you pick what you play? I mean, clearly you have ones that you know bang live. Like you know, like that one's obviously in great. Well, obviously we're gonna play savory, right? Like you know, yeah. we talked about that, and then we'll be furious um, if you didn't play savory. <laughs> exactly. So for your own special sweetheart and the self-titled record, like I knew those were gonna be two records we pulled heavily from because like Zach wrote those songs with us, yeah. right? And some of the songs on novelty, to use your word, I think are rippers. Yeah. So um, like they were obviously going to come along for the ride. And then when we went to talk about what songs to put on from Grip, everyone was like, I don't even, I don't, how does, what is this song? And then we like play it. And we're like, no, no, no. And we, we got like maybe two disgruntled fans the whole tour who were like, thought you'd play more stuff from grip but let me just say that wasn't a theme it was not a theme like we didn't hear like oh you really i can't even think of a song to say like consolation prize you really should have played consolation prize although i've been listening to the record this week because 
um, with one of our shows coming up, supposedly in this next summer, right. we're going to play a few nights in one city. I, I hate to be so weirdly. I don't. I'm. I'm an open book, except for the shows haven't been announced. Well, so. you know, it's fine. I, I, it's, I'm always happy when I get to break news, but I get it. Let's say we're doing like a mini residency, so there, there's a bit of a theme cool. stuff going on. So we need to learn some more songs from the catalog. And it, so Jay proposed a list, and I just know on Sunday at practice it's going to be on. Like we're going to be parsing it and trying to decide which one and having arguments like adult arguments like not like you know i hate you and i hate that song but we'll see what we come up with we can't relearn them all nor should we because some of them are really bad um on grip but they, they're just sophomoric <laughs> i mean that's it like it just well exactly it's 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 it's, it's, it's a younger band it, it's a younger exactly. band with no, but uh, playing grip was I mean, really like cool. an impossible figure or something? That's a freaking yes, awesome tune. Yes, impossible figure made. Jay didn't put it on, and I said, what about impossible figure? That was me. Because I'm like, I think that song's yeah, yeah. pretty decent. I think, I, it's funny, I listened to it the other day, and I'm like, hey, this this is pretty, this is better than I remember it. So it's, yeah, I'm playing it, I'm like going along with it. I'm like, then it came to the bridge. I'm like, oh, this bridge is terrible. What bad <laughs> about the bridge? So like I don't know I'm so so you know how it is as a musician you're your your own worst critic but still impossible figure like holds together better than some of those songs any other requests Conan I mean won't come off but we we established that thank you I'm gonna I cannot wait to play all the won't come off references to the guy I mean it's it's it slays that's a slit that that and that what's interesting to me about that song is. And it's not like, you know, there's a lot of Jawbox songs that sound like other stuff, but there's, I can't think of another song quite like that, other no. than another Jawbox song. It's funny you know. said that because I thought the direction we were going with Won't Come Off had we stayed together as a band was the way to go. And I don't even know, like you said, I don't even know what genre we were playing in at that point. It was like disco punk rock or something. I don't even know how to describe it got, that. It got dancey without yeah, being like. That beat is, but yeah. yeah. You know, there's ain't, no one, ain't no one dancing like in a traditional way to one come off, but it the Zach's drum beat is mesmerizing, I think. Well, absolutely. And and there's a like I said, like I, I said propulsiveness earlier, and I chose that word carefully because I think that that's that there it's true, and it's like it's a party, you know, it's yeah. it's like a weird ass prog party it, song. It, it, yes, you are my new it's best friend. You are you are it, helping my my cause. So yeah, won't come off. But when if you can think of others, we need some from Grip and Novelty to add back in. So um, we're gonna. Have I mean, to I'm that. I'm just glad if I remember. I think you played Iodine. We did. I love that song. And that song is so great. But I know that like you know, there's like the Ebo, and it's like logistically kind of like it's kind of weird and awkward to to do that. But technology has kind of like come along and helped with that. And like I was like, yeah. fuck yes, they're playing Iodine. It's awesome. Oh, you mean because it has the um, Ebo? Yeah, the woo. Yeah, that. I right say that has led to more. That that has led to more technical issues. The beginning of that song than any other Jawbox song because uh, we used the Ebo for a while and then that it would go missing on tour. We couldn't find <laughs> it because it's small, right? It's a small little piece of gear. Yeah. And then on this last go round. 
Somebody leaves it on, the nine volt dies. Yeah. Bill tried like a thousand different ways. Like to, I'm, I'm going to try to like Jay, Jay tried to do it with a pedal, you know. To it, mm. we figured it out. Yeah. Maybe it's quite like it. No, it sounded awesome. I was impressed. I was Not like, an Evo though. Yeah, I don't remember what you guys did. Like I was, I was. Um, I think, I think um, we might have. They might have triggered something with the pedal. Or Bill did something else weird with a his loop or something. Or... Yeah, it was a loop. I think that they used. Hmm. I don't want to think about pedals because when I think about guitar pedals, I I I, I kind of break down a little bit and want to cry because it's such a pain in the ass. And I I have one pedal, a tuning pedal, one pedal. And then Jay and Jay and Bill have these huge rigs they bring with them. Right. No, no. It's just like so much can go wrong, and so much has gone wrong with all the pedals. So I just look at the two of them with their pedal boxes, and I'm like, mm. although someone did give me a pedal on this on this tour as a gift on this last tour we did, and I try it. Yeah, it's. Try it. I mean, do you do you want to give an endorsement, or have you tried it out yet, or what? Like. Give me one second, because it's right. It's right here, and I will. I will. This is an, this um, is an important moment, and yeah, no, I will because I played it at the practice, and it was so cool. I'm gonna bring it with me. Here it is. Oh my god, I don't remember his name though. That's so bad. We're gonna look it up though. All right, so it's in this lovely. So here on it. And this was in Minneapolis where I got that. Yeah, that's that's a very uh, yes. well respected and yes. uh, well loved pedal company. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's so lovely. It's given to me. As, oh, and there's like um, he even like wrapped it nicely in this thing. So this is like a. It is a Zvex, and it is a like a distortion pedal. So I could see it might have some role. It's really fun though. I've never say with the pedal but i'm bringing it to practice gonna check check it out yeah so then i am giving an endorsement it was like super nice i, I got i got a few i got a few things i like but you don't need my help his name is out of my head right now though, but super cool guy you 100 do not need my help you're doing great you were you were doing great before i was really playing music so you don't, you don't need my help. <laughs> but yeah no i don't have any pedals so like uh I do laugh at the guitar. I'm happy I'm not a guitarist, actually. I think, if I remember correctly, when I saw you, I think you guys played Static. Uh, yes, and we play it differently now. Yeah, and I like that. And and I Me like too. that. I thought it, it uh, I talked to Jay about it, and I think we talked about uh, a little bit about you know some of the, some of the some of the changes. And I thought that was that was very interesting because that was it a good. Was, it was it was interesting to. Um, because Jay rewrote that for like solo stuff he did yeah. on a tour. And then we ended up playing the new version of it. And I like music to be evolve, evolve. Like changing, yeah. Yeah. Why not when it makes sense? You know, when it, it and we, we had lots of little bits that were different, like nothing as radical as static, maybe but there, there were lots of little things like, slowed down endings and slightly different parts and like i said just like the wisdom um i practiced like to, it, we're better better at listening to each other than when we were kids 
interesting. Okay. Yeah. Like there was just a lot of talk, talk, talk. And I think not a good, we become better active listeners. And, and I do, I would really like to write new music and it just with Jawbox, but I, yeah, can't, yeah. I can't seem to, we can't seem to all get it together um, to be on the same page about that. So um, we have a bunch of parts that exist. So I don't know. I can't say, I don't know. I would love it to happen, but oh, that I, I realize that I, I never really finished my thought, which is that I am making music of my own. Which is great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Speak to that. But it's, it, you got me thinking about it uh, by talking about Fox Hall stacks because it's this music's quieter and, and more introspective. Okay, cool. I mean, that's like, hey, it's the times. You know? It's the times. <laughs> and also, like, you know, like I, I listen to like a steady diet of like Jose Gonzalez. Like, I just, oh, okay. I really, I, but I'll always love loud rock music, but I, I listen to a lot of quieter things too. And, um, yeah, so I'm just in the mood to see. I've never really played with other musicians besides Jawbox, which I know is crazy, but it's true until now. Well, it is crazy because you're you're you know something of an icon for the for the style of music, but it's it's something where if that's really all you've you've done, like that's got to be crazy, done. right? Like, done. hopefully, until this this new this new project. So, so, so is it? Do you feel? do you feel like it, it all translates? Do you feel like there's kind of like, you have to think more about it? Like what's, what's, how does it, how's the process? Well, we're only bass and drums right now. And right. we're realizing like how hard it is to write without a guitarist. That's, it's challenging. You yeah. Know? That's your dose. It's, it's pretty tough. Exactly. <laughs> which I'm not. And we're not. Well, big business pulls it off, but. No, totally. Uh, but that's not really where we're going with this. So. <laughs> <laughs> that would be back to the loud rock music most definitely yes <laughs> um but yeah so i i don't know um there's just always a, a time constraint and like many during the pandemic the height of the pandemic i lost my will to like play music and read books like i'm an avid reader and i couldn't yeah. read anymore you know, yeah, on, on paper, <clears throat> shows my words carefully there. I'm an avid reader as well. And like, I feel like I've read like maybe three books all year. Isn't it wild? Like I just, my brain couldn't handle it. Like it it's, could only handle smaller, less taxing endeavors. It was, I really fell into that. Uh, it's I, you mentioned that. Yeah. It's, I, it's honestly it's been a, alarming. It's a thing. It's a really, it's a known thing. I'm just getting back into reading now which is wild because I've uh, my whole life I've been a reader and then I'm just like, I can't do it. I'm like, I'm binge watching shows. <laughs> it's just so much stuff to binge watch. Exactly. <laughs> so How can you keep up with it, Conan? I, I don't. <laughs> I don't at all. A friend just ruined me today by letting me hack off her HBO max password. Yeah. And I'm like, a whole new world has opened up to me of things I didn't get to watch. So. I, I like watch stuff, love it for a couple episodes, forget about it. And then I'm like, wait, what was the thing I was watching? Oh, I've actually done that multiple times. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm all in with this show. And then I'm like, not that all in because I've only watched two episodes and then never finished the series. Yeah. Like was that one the expanse or was that the other one? Like, I don't remember. <laughs> no, totally. But that's also pandemic brain, isn't it? It's like, a, yeah. it just was, I don't know. I, I mean, my brain's better now and I've, I have to be a teacher, so I 
have to be on point. So, but you know, it's just, um, someone's going to write like an article about this that kind of breaks it all down with like, you know, uh, very well researched data and, and whatnot that like the exact factors that come into play that make I've started to read articles like that in better publications. Like they're starting to come oh, they're in a book. Cause I'll never read it. Apparently <laughs> it's, God, it's not a book. It was just an article. Or I wouldn't have read, oh, okay, it. Okay. I wouldn't have read it if it was a book. Yeah. yeah no way. I don't have time for that. Yeah. I have like, I'm looking now, like next to my bed, I have like seven books stacked up. Like I've started all seven of them and not finished any of them. Kim, the dream is to finish one of those books. You're, you're speaking my language here. Like um, I, I, my book stack is both impressive and like 10 pages in on all of them. And that was never me. I've never been that guy. No, because normally like I'll get over the hump, like, you know, the 50 pages where you're like, I'm not sure about this book. And they're like, oh, this book's amazing. Yeah. If, if it doesn't capture my interest right away, I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm done with you, book. <laughs> I don't. I'm not even. I don't even know if it's a good or bad thing. It just is a thing. No, it, it's 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 just a thing. Exactly. Like it's not. It is. But the thing is, I've heard so many people express the same sentiment. But I never. I, at least I never started baking bread during the pandemic. <laughs> there was like two weeks. Everyone is baking. Everyone's baking sourdough bread. In fact, I know that because even like. The dads from my school are bringing me loaves of bread. I'm like, what is happening? I was like, did I miss this phase of the moon or something? But, that's like all baking bread. I'll tell you what I didn't miss though. The very beginning, when we all thought it was going to last three weeks, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to eat all the comfort food. Like I'm going to make, I'm making homemade <laughs> mac and cheese, like just like, and and after like a month, I just like I'm gaining weight. I'm like, yes, holy shit, holy shit, this pandemic's. It's going to last longer than I thought. I can't keep eating like this. And and then, so I actually got in the Struggle best. Was real. <laughs> yeah, no, but I got in the best shape of my life this last year by joining an online Zoom hit, hit class, high okay. intensity interval training. I know it well, yeah. I do it three days a week, never miss it. I'm like, I haven't been in such good shape since I was in my 20s. Yeah. Um, so that's been this weird side thing for me. Um, can't read apparently anymore <laughs> but i'm doing i'm doing this I, I, i've characterized it that during this pandemic i've been both skinny elvis and fat elvis and you know <laughs> i was i was fat elvis at the beginning because i'm like i really like this mac and cheese it's super comforting. and you be like ah whatever it's gonna be like a month it'll be it'll be over yeah. shortly and then it really did like because i know i thought it was going to be three weeks because it it hit right because i'm in a private school so we have an early spring break it hit right at the beginning of our spring break. The news was just coming out. And we left for spring break saying, like, see you in, like, you know, 10 days. Never went back to school. <sighs> Never went back to school. It was just so, so weird. Yeah, so that was. Um, that's real, too. And that's something that, you know, massive political decisions are being made on those kinds of experiences right now. Ones that don't necessarily logically make sense, but make sense if you think of the context where it's like people are sick of having their kids around and and, and trying to, to like do a, the job of a school teacher as well as a parent as, as also whatever job they're doing. I get it. I completely get it. Yeah, I was actually I was sympathetic to teachers, students and parents because it really no one was a winner at all. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, absolutely. That That's well said. And, yeah, no, I had a, I had a really um, come to Jesus moment. I was at 
a doctor's office in the height of the pandemic. And like the technician who drew my blood and weighed me and all that jazz, I was talking to her and talking about, you know, do you have any kids? And she's like, yeah, I have three kids. I'm like, what are their ages? And she told me like an eighth grader or a fourth grader and like a little kindergartner. What are they doing? Because it's all virtual. They're home alone. Like the eighth grader is just watching them. She's not making enough money. She can't hire anyone to help. Yeah, yeah. They're home alone. I just, it made me realize like, at that point I have a grown up kid, right? So it doesn't, that, that doesn't impact me, but it really, I'm, I'm an empathetic person anyway. And it made me realize, see like, oh, there's a lot of people struggling, especially those with kids, especially women. Women were hit really hard in this pandemic. Um because our rules in the household have never really equalized. Um, and, and then this really just made it even more profound and kind of, I think, set feminism back, really. It's pretty rough, I think. But no, sorry to be all serious on you because no. you laughs on this thing too. But. No, I mean, like, that's real, right? Like, and, 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 you know, it's disingenuous not to speak about it. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to, like, cast aspersions or anything, but, like, that's, all that's real. Yeah, and all that all that's part of, you know, yeah, we can we can talk about guitar riffs all we want. Right. But like all of this is this is part of the tapestry now. And the one thing I will say that has been so unique about this time is that to a certain degree, amongst artistic people, at least it's a unifying moment. It is. And I I love the creativity in our independent music scene, because even like the, the, you know, you who can forget the first time you saw someone like perform online like, yeah, yeah just, just playing a song into the phone or something we haven't done that before like that wasn't a thing yeah and like you know just all kinds of um workarounds to connection like i think our scene has always been super connected and we were able to like reestablish those connections i think more quickly yeah. than other avenues in society um so the nature of who who we are like we're creative people diy people <laughs> And uh, I thought that was really cool, like the the creativity and the different outlets for expression. I, I thought it was fantastic. It's just it's a certain it's like punk rock ingenuity, right? It's like you know, no, to- totally. Um, and even like you making the move from like now we're on video here together. Right. You got show. seventeen logos of my show all around you. That is that is true. <laughs> like that is true. You're good at promoting yourself. That Maybe is- too many logos, frankly. I'm thinking about that. I'm like, there's a lot of logos here right now. <laughs> no, I'm actually I'm actually freaking out a little bit looking at my screen because I have other stuff open too. So it's it's um complicated. <laughs> I'll tell you, Kim, I will tell you this. Somebody whose name I will not mention came on the show and busted chops on me for being like, are you in a closet? Cause I have like some sound blankets behind me and stuff like that. And I'm like, first of all, F you secondly, no, I am not in a closet. I'm in like a soundproof area. So it sounds good. But like th- that got me that what in that same way that like someone will make like some crappy comment about like the music and like, you don't hear any of the ones that people have changed my life. Like, ah, oh, cool, cool. And you're like, this jerk said this, you know, like anyway, Okay, that, that led to all of this, which is too much, frankly. In fact, no, a couple of times during this this conversation, you've said this person who I cannot name, like Voldemort, right? Like he. Was <laughs> um, Let's see this. And I'm just assuming it's a man, and that's sexist. It's, me, no, but. it's no, it's always yeah. always, hundred percent of the time. Here we go. 
There's fewer you logos. Us. <laughs> you changed your. It really didn't bug me, actually. But okay. um, <laughs> some your chops. I don't like being like like this new setup. I don't love being like, hey, here's me 15 percent of the screen. You I'm know? trying to like, find it. I like this this thing above my this the, this the, is the logo. Can I hang out? It's understated. It's like a little flower of you know. I know. I know what it is. I know the scientific thing, but. I, I can do this though, which I do like. I like that much better. Conan's gone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I Thank love God. talking to myself. That's not weird at all. <laughs> Please come back. Thank you. Always oh, back to this. But I want to say something to you that I think about. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to turn the tables on you. Okay. I think about this a lot. You've done a lot of interviews, and this isn't even your only vehicle. I think you have another thing you do. Well, this is this is this is main, my main. main thing, but yeah, I'm on this movie show now too for the last. Right. Yeah. So you just do a lot of this. I now, mean, the fuck else am I gonna do? <laughs> this is not where I was going with this. This is your thing. No, um, no, sorry. I, 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 that's your thing. Please, yeah, no, go ahead. I am always curious. Like, you've had guests who are easy to talk to, right? And that you have rapport. But you must have, if you do 278 of these, you've had some clunkers, well, right? Well, okay. Let's, let's, so what makes it good and what makes it bad? So let's, 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 so this is, that's a very interesting question, Kim. Thank you. And uh, let's reframe this and say there's, there's some people that you have to work a little harder for. Oh, some, that is so diplomatic of you. So, some folks, like you get on with them and you're like, this is my new best friend and we're going to have a good time talking about best friend stuff. Right. right? And that's the best. That's easy. That's great. I love that. And we're so, like, yeah, right? You and I are like BFFs now, right? Clearly, we're BFFs. Yes. <laughs> I'm feeling that too. And and some and some people come on like and I actually do already know them, and that that always helps as that's well. Easy, right? And pretty much the key to this show is nobody comes on where I'm not a fan of what they do in some fashion or capacity. That helps quite a bit, doesn't it? Yes, because even if there's no commonality or no uh, previous. Uh, knowledge of how each person operates, there's always that to fall back on. But some people are more work, and I'm not going to say who or whatever, and it doesn't matter. And sometimes it's like, oh, it doesn't matter. That's not really where I'm, where I'm going with this. I was just curious. Sometimes it's like I think <laughs> I think of the uh, I think of Fight Club, where they, he talks about single serving friends, yeah. right? Where it's like we're going to have this great time, we're going to have this talk, it's going to be cool, and then we're that's it. That's it's it. Over. We never need to talk again. Which is which is. Kind of weird, you know, but like also like that's and like I'm 100% okay with that now because I guess it's getting really insular. Uh, I, there's something to this show that because of my lived experience, because of, of how I have come to be doing this and come to be the place that I'm at, you're going to get different kind of conversation that you'll get from someone else. Some people would look at that like a weakness. I look at it as a strength because some people that try real hard to do something, but kind of have it be like, I'm going to be the Mark Marin of X. Right. Cool. Good for you. I have no interest in that. Yep. Like I'm, I'm going to be like, ultimately it's, it's, it's way more focused on like Kim, if you and I were hanging out backstage at the Metro, the conversation would probably be very similar to this. Other than the fact it's it yeah. on my end. Uh, and probably, yeah, yeah, that thing you did was great. You know, it's awesome. <laughs> but we did that thing. That was great. But, I'm basically in the same way that Jawbox is sort of like creating the music that you want to have be heard, right? I'm making the show that I would want to listen to. 
Makes sense. And like, I'm stoked. I'm not just stoked to have you on because like, oh, I'm completing the job box bingo card. Not at all. Like, I'm like, I'm stoked to have you on because I think this is going to end like so far so good. Uh, <laughs> it's going really well. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think so. Well, and also because I think that. Look, what 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 is the value of this communication model that we have of the Internet if we can't use it in new and innovative ways? So when folks say some, like nice things about like, hey, you're like, you know, the Dick Cavett of noise rock or whatever. I'm like, All right, cool. Thanks. Uh, or some people, are, you know, are like, hey, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. Stop talking about yourself. I'm like, ah, I kind of agree on the second point, but it's not the first point. Sorry. Uh, you know, it, you run the gamut and that's fine. I, I just. To me, I love the idea of being so singularly obsessed with your band's music to hear like the perspective of like getting Bill's part of the story and getting Jay's part of the story, getting Kim's part of the story. Oh, we are awesome. very, we're very different people too. It's it's like yeah, it's Rashomon, right? Do you like Kurosawa? It's the Rashomon effect. And so this this and I guarantee, like, I never even get upset. People like, hey, I'm going on so and so and so and so too. Cool. None of that's going to be remotely like this show. And it just isn't. I'm not trying to be arrogant about it. It just isn't because I, I it's just going to be different. <laughs> but for good, but like you would not, Kim, you would not believe the amount of negative reviews about my laugh where I'm like, cool. Thanks for focusing on something that I can't change. That That is disappointing to me because first yeah. of all, I love laughing. I think you have a wow. great laugh. Thank you. you and I have been laughing quite a bit. Yeah. I, I, Probably if I listen to this, um, I'm going to be critical of my own laugh, not yours, though. Um, I love people who can laugh because, honestly, humor has gotten me through this pandemic. If it wasn't for my sense of humor, <laughs> it would not be good. Goddamn right. And it's funny. I've listened to a few of your shows um, here oh, and there in the last few weeks just to, like, I like to see what I'm getting myself into. And um, some people are really serious. Um, yeah. and I, I said to myself, I'm like, I don't know, I'm not, it's not going to be like that when I go on. Like, I just, you got to keep laughing. Well, and, and you, you, you find, you can feel it out pretty quickly who is and is not down for that kind of thing. Like, yes. Like, Ian McKay is not an easy, a breezy dude. Like, I adore him. I have all the respect. No, and I know, you just know, I know ass Ian quite well. I, I play softball with Ian, which is the fun fact about me. We've been doing it for awesome. almost 30 years. We have a yeah. softball team together. <laughs> but yeah, no, he is funny. He's super he's not, funny. Absolutely. Not a belly, belly laugher kind of kind of yeah. but as i just listened to johnny temple and i adore johnny, oh, johnny. Temple. so cool and he's very serious of purpose like he's yeah. johnny you know like <laughs> yep he's a great shooter but i love listening to him um but i have a goofier side as as well i i, I think that's great personally and part because... of it's probably from working with 10 year old boys as long as i have at school because <laughs> They're just so silly, which is how can you yeah, how can you take yourself super seriously when you're doing you yeah. and it? It makes me remember like being a kid, like that's when you had the best belly laughs. Like right. Right. Like adults. There's some depressing statistic of how much children laugh per day versus an adult. Um it kind of sucks. I'm like <laughs> laugh more. Like I want to be like a, more like a kid. Yeah, why not? Why wouldn't you? And well, and and so that and that's 
Okay. So, so, so to bring it back, like, I think that's, that's interesting because, because you're, you're a very thoughtful person. You're thinking. I am, I am a thoughtful person. And I think that can be something where it goes like a, a couple different directions. Like we can go like deep and nerdy, which we have. We can go like super meta, which we definitely have. By the way, my, I don't know why my head is derezzing right now, but it's something to do with the lighting, but whatever. Uh, audio listeners will have no idea what I'm talking about, by the way, but my head is derezzing right now, like Tron. Uh, the He's in the virtual background, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. again, got to have 17 versions of the logo, apparently. It's just but I have like a, a Jay Ryan print. Out of your head. Yeah, which is great. If you're going to have things coming out of your head, a Jay Ryan printer. I'm you sure you know Jay Ryan. Um, I have, yeah, yeah. I, I have several prints in my house. Uh, just you speaking of plugging people like Jay Ryan, he's he's a oh, talented and a great dude. Yeah, that guy. I know is a fantastic man. Mid- Midwesterners, too. man. <laughs> you Midwesterners. But I, I'm not joking about the Midwestern thing. That is a real thing. Some some of the friendliest people. Um. But you were going somewhere else with this. Oh, it doesn't matter. Like nobody can hear my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing is, but nobody wants to hear my opinion. But here's the cop, here's the tag to that, right? But people do want to hear my point of view. But they don't realize that they attribute it to whoever's on the show. Because people think it's cool to hear so and so talk. Sure. But it's a conversation, right? And and that there can be pitfalls and there can be things. So it's like if it's it's rare that it gets weird. Don't get me wrong. I'd much rather have a conversation. Like I really abhorred the interviews and I did hundreds of them back in the day where it was just like a packed set of questions would ask you like, what was it like going to Atlantic? Which Uh, is a totally legitimate question. But it's like, it's maybe the worst framing ever of like, great. So there are a thousand times we've been asked that. Let me just like dig in the archives for that one. Yeah, no, but definitely, but but it was just like you know, they come with a list and a crumpled piece of paper, and yeah. it's sweet actually. Like, but and, and I still get some people who want to do um, written interviews, which I think are the most stilted thing in the world. <laughs> There's I, no flow to it at all. No, no flow at all. <laughs> the only flow is if I can, you know, make my writing good. And I'm a, I'm a decent writer, but it takes a real toll on you to do those kind of interviews. So this is my favorite, where it's it is conversational. I'm absolutely stoked that you came on uh, to, to, to do this and we're not done yet though, to be clear but like I, I was like fuck yes this is going to be awesome i know it's going to be awesome because yeah. it's like whatever we like kind of know each other but don't really know each other but i'm like it's gonna no, be exactly. awesome, and, and um i conan i told you this right before the show started but um i had forgotten it like it was a video thing and i'm thinking <laughs> i'm audio only and i'm i really did have my um pajamas on <laughs> real comfortable yeah <laughs> yeah really my hair's a mess and um well i but i did brush my hair for the show <laughs> i had mick harvey on from uh, nick cave and the bad seeds and uh birthday party and like all his excellent solo stuff and whatever i'm a huge nick cave fan any of nick cave's so music going back to the inception i love nick cave and i love his um the blog he does what is it called oh the red right hand uh uh, the the, yes whatever it is it's a red right hand something anyway yeah yeah yes he's a great great writer um and blogger but i had mick harvey on i I dare say it was it was a great it was a great episode uh and it was like the week anita died which was sort of like i was like hey if you want to not do it like cool i was like no no let's keep doing it we did video 
but I didn't use it because I got to see Mick Harvey lamping on the couch in his like leisure wear. That is super cool. Which is like, this is great. Is like, I'm going to guess you probably don't want video of that on the internet. He's like, I'd prefer if you didn't. I'm like, yep, no problem. <laughs> I love that you got to see that though. <laughs> but like, you know, for for someone like myself, it was, it, it was like, cool. I'm, this is the kind of show that, don't worry about it. If you don't want to do it, it's not a big deal. You know, like it's, it's, right. it's not a bit. Uh, but yeah, I was so, I was too busy being like, you know, 30 hours in airports uh, this week. So I probably forgot to mention that. Sorry. Anyway, um, look, Kim, can we talk about uh, the records a little bit? I mean, I, I feel like people are going to be like, this dickhead is like nattered on about this, that, and the other. I think I'm the one who's nattered on. No. Pandemic um, uh, can we talk about, uh, so again, my love for the self-titled is uh, well documented in previous episodes. I'm a big fan of the self-titled record too, and and but you know, lots of people thought "For Your Own Special Sweetheart" was like the pinnacle. Yeah, and, and like, I love that one too. That one's great. Again, decline. Um, I don't think I don't feel that way. Where were you guys at when you when you when you did uh, Sweetheart? Like where where because that's a jump, right? And and again, we have to explain the concept of selling out to the younger listeners and viewers, where people don't even don't even get what that is now. But that was like in the zeitgeist. Thank yeah. you, Johannan. Uh, everywhere. <laughs> no, no, and like I actually do think of Maximum Rock and Roll coming, yeah. you know, because. Which reason. people nowadays are like, what? What's that? No, I know, but it's, you know, it was a very <laughs> hardcore music magazine coming out of San Francisco, right? And we we had readers, like, of that magazine tell us they want, wish for us to die in a fiery van accident. Like, they were that passionate about that. Like, we got a letter to that effect. And, and I'm like, really? Like, that's... It seems extreme, yeah. No, because listen, I will say this: that for your own special sweetheart was written before we signed. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, yeah. That was just a, that was the natural flow and evolution, right there. Like that was not in response to a major label, nor was the self-titled. Quite frankly, because, like I said, we were really uncontrollable. We were fiercely independent, and you couldn't really beat that out of us. And I. I knew like we wouldn't last forever, but the good thing is we never got dropped is the great thing because we broke up before they could drop us. So they take that. <laughs> so they, we win, you lose. Or apparently we just went on a really long hiatus, I guess. Well, yeah, obviously, because you're I back guess. doing stuff now, right? So, but I think that that's, so I think that's, you hit on something so important because to me it was like, there's like two epochs of, of, of job box where it's like, it's like the Adam years and then like, you know, Zach years. And, and, and it just feels like it was just a natural extension of what you were doing. Like kind and really, of. And, and the Adam thing was so fascinating because I mean, I, I never thought of us as anything, but with Adam and that all went down, we toured with shutter to think and, um, Mike Russell, who's a dear friend of mine to this day, was drumming for Shudder to Think, and he's a great drummer. And he had wanted to leave. Like, he had was done with that lifestyle. And, you know, Adam agreed to join Shudder to Think while we were touring with Shudder to Think. It was a little hard to swallow. Yeah. I mean, we were, we're all friends with Adam still, but um, that was kind of announced to us at the end of the tour. Like, this, this 
massive shift was happening. So it was shocking. And I was like, how are we going to get like through this one? Or do we even get through this? Are we still a band? And Zach kind of materialized. Like he had, we met him in Rochester, New York, and he had done a Jawbox show and um, he lived in DC then. And we started playing with him and it was just so different. Like he drove us in different directions. Our, our growth did and maturity is the rest of us, but his addition was really pivotal. So it's like the kind of like the discord. I think of it as the, like the discord years versus the non discord years, I guess. Really? Yeah. Well, and it's, but it's, you know, the, the voice of the band didn't change. It's just sort of like evolved. Like it, it was sort of like, I think so. The, the thing, the thing you have to remember is so many bands break up very quickly yeah. and they don't give themselves this time to grow. Like yeah. a lot of the bands in the nineties who were kind of there and then gone, or they morphed into something else. We gave ourselves that time to grow. And I, I don't think it was a magic wand. I just think it was like we were getting older, better. You it's know. a great effect. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like some, you know, there were so many bands like, like they put out a great record and then they're like, they're, they're done. They're because, because the only way to get any following then pre-internet was to tour. And a lot of bands, and you know, this go out on tour and then they're like, touring is terrible. <laughs> and when you're a small you're sleeping on like cat stained you know like stained couches and it's just and it's, we loved it but a lot of people didn't love it like and so we toured two-thirds of every year we were out, gone from dc and no, not many bands did that really dc bands on discord did that we were very exceptional the amount of touring we did um same thing from where i'm from in the bay area of california like there was a record label i reference this so much there's a record label that called itself world famous in san francisco okay and, and, but it's like the perfect record label for a label from san francisco because there was people that like you know they played in bands but they never they not only they never toured they never like got out of the bay and they yeah. didn't need to you know and good for yeah. them they didn't want to and that's fine uh, but i i think our growth came from all the touring yeah, we did, and simply staying together as a band through thick and thin because it's not easy. Um, even the Atlantic years weren't easy. Like they don't give you bags of gold. Like you know, they <laughs> with a dollar sign on it. You know, no, big stacks. It wasn't like we weren't living the high life because you know the records sold. They sold significantly better than than Discord, but you know, not by major label standards. Yeah. Um, but we didn't care about that. Again, sorry, Mike Gitter, our lovely A&R guy. He, he tried, he worked with us. He tried so hard. He really did. Well, I think there, there's a documentary that uh, a guy I know, Eric Funnings, made about touring called Why Am I Doing This? Which is the best title ever for a documentary about touring. And uh, and your friend and mine, Hosey from Helms Lee, uh, pretty much steals the movie by, you know, talking about how like it's sort of like you look at it like a test like how much how important is this to me like how much do i want to do this you no know, it's i didn't know helmsley that that well until we played <laughs> with them and then i when they took the stage i was like what the fuck is happening right now it Just, was like a wall like a wall of set like sound 
it was just super cool. What and, and and to be clear, I knew Hosey before Helmsley, uh, with her previous band Lowe's and a band before that, even. But like when I first saw them, I came back from tour and I, I'm like, I don't want to see a show. Oh, fine. All right, I'll fine, I'll go. You and Dana are just so badass, I can't even like I. And then, like, it was like the you remember the, the, the commercial of the Maxell guy, like the Maxell team, and like his hair's going. That was basically my first time. I was like, What is happening? Oh my god, it's uh, if you like heavy music, like, there's but they also have great melody in their music. The harmonies are just so love just, it. just like, like, I was, I'm not sure if I told a single human being this when I saw that Helmsley was playing shows to you. I'm like, Hell yes, hell yes. We, when they came like to our attention and I listened to them, I'm like, yes, please. This band. Yeah. I was like, I want this band. Uh, so there's happy. nothing I, like them. We should, we should play more shows with them. Like I, you should. And the whole darn thing with them would have been, we, we play with some other opening bands that I really love, like this band LaPash and stuff. Like we picked the bands very carefully. And we also were, we had enough say in the matter to have two band bills, which is like a dream come true when you're older. <laughs> no, it, real talk. It is. It totally I'm being is. Real. Like I'm being real. Like no one needs even three bands. No one wants it. Yeah. No one wants it. I think of those like five band bills on Mondays where you're like, let oh me my tell God. you this though. I didn't like long shows when I was in my twenties. So I've, I haven't changed one iota from like, I'm just like, when is the band I want to see going on? You know, <laughs> rock and roll endurance contest. Exactly. And there was like, you remember the days where like, there were like four, <sighs> minimum of four bands on uh. the bill. Yeah, see, like me. <laughs> Five band bills on a Monday. That's what no, I was saying. Like, it's like who is this for? Like a Monday. Yes, right. And I'm in like um, Des Moines, Iowa. Just come back um, on a Friday sometime. Oh, yeah. Great. <laughs> but yeah, so it was like lovely to be able to just say like, one band, please. And well, and it allows that band to really shine too. Well, also people are gonna be there when they play. Right. Instead of okay. like, when's the latest I can get here to see Jawbox? <laughs> right, which I, I don't like because I have I have gotten to know a lot of cool music by seeing some unexpected opening band. I just don't want to see five of them. No, and that's like, that's very real. But What's real is that it's it's hard now for me with this teaching job to go to like weekday shows. That's what's real. It just is hard. I get it's, up the track of dawn. Even this show for me is a little late. And I know that seems ridiculous. Because um, people would be like, Kim, it's 938 right now on the East Coast. But I, I, I like get up at 5 a.m. routinely. You know, and and that and that also again is real. Like, I mean, we played with um, aesthetics. Like, I made a special point of being like, "Yeah, this sh the show starts at seven. If you show up late, it's over. Forget it." And because it was like dudes from Fugazi, people showed up, right? Those are like my. The, they're a great band. The, uh, that's so like my dream come true. Like a show that starts at seven. A few of our shows were early, and I'm like, "This at ten o'clock, the show is over." I'm like, "This is like my dream come true." This is, this is the best night I've ever had. This is great. <laughs> I become a morning person, and I can't sleep in. So even if I go to bed like at you know two in the morning, I'm like six o'clock. I'm up. It's You're gonna be so zombified, nice. but you'll be up. Uh, yeah. yeah. The we were originally talking about for your own special suite. We were talking about um, the records. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 
I don't think much about the first record. Yeah. Although I'm proud of some of it. And um, what I'm most proud of with the early record is really, well, the first thing we did was a seven inch and I was working at Discord Records at the time. And they were doing a lot of, um, a lot of co-releases cool then. And I said, you know, Ian, would you, I had the talk with Papa, we call him Papa. Right. <laughs> had the talk with Papa. I'm like, would, would you put this seven inch, out, this Jawbox seven inch out? And then I got the Papa talk, which was, well, I could put the record out, but if it's a half release and you do it, you'll learn a lot. So it'd be, it was a half release in the start of my label, DeSoto Records. It was Which we have somehow not discussed even for one second until right now. And that's okay. No, it's not okay, Kim. It's not okay at all. It's not okay, and I blame it's not it. okay. <laughs> it's fine. But, so that's how I started a record label, because Ian was like, let's do a half release. And, you know, the half releases are famous at Discord, you know, like, because Classic. each half release has a story why the fuck it was a half release. Some some of them were like, Ian couldn't commit to doing it on Discord for one reason or another. Others were like, Kim, you you will learn. You will learn the ways. Like, I'm like the Padawan, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. You're sitting there blindfolding yourself and like the things. Totally. <laughs> totally. That's what we did at Discord, actually. Um <laughs> Yeah, people don't know this, but people don't know now they do. And and so, you know, I learned a lot working at Discord and I I loved putting out records and then it came a time when I didn't love putting out records cuz yeah. running an independent record label is hard work. You know, being in an independent band is hard work and running a record label is probably even harder work. Yeah, it's like Th think more, of all the hard work of being in a band, but like none of the then, shows. Yes, and none of the gratification of being on stage for 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> and there's so many moving parts, right? Because you have to be good at finances. And I became good at all those things. Um, I still pay my royalties, you know, religiously and on time. And I think, you know, that's well, well appreciated by the bands who are on my label. Um but yeah, so that's um, so that first seven inch I thought was really badass. Like we stuck four songs on a seven inch, yeah. which you know you're not supposed to do, but we did. And um, you know, so I'm proud of a lot of that, and it's where we were at the time. And there's some good songs on Grip. I don't think of that record very often. Um, it's the only one that I only own on cassette. Love that. It seems like it should be only owned on cassette. I, I think it's perfect for cassette. <laughs> It really, it, is. Is. it really is honestly yeah yes it, it should be a cassette that's gets a little like warped in your car on a hot day <laughs> like but it's still kind of plays uh this this song doesn't that's normally start like this like it, just, it was left in the sun yeah totally. <laughs> but then novelty i'm more proud of like then i think we start become becoming better songwriters yeah. less um juvenile i already use the word sophomore because i'm switching to juvenile now Trying to use my th brain thesaurus. Um, so novelty I'm proud of. And that's where people start picking up. Like we get a fan base, a better fan base. Because we've toured, we've toured a lot by then. Like a lot. And there's that split with Tar that you did. Split with Tar. And yeah. like we just started meeting a lot of other great other 
if our band was great, like I don't want to say like to some people we were great, to, to others like that we should burn in a fiery van accident. Um, but we started meeting great bands. <laughs> Thank you, Tim Yohannan. <laughs> it wasn't actually Tim, but it was. It was, but but it's a what hast thou Roth moment. The followers, yeah. yes, yeah. the disciples. <laughs> which which um, actually kind of precur is a precursor to Twitter in a way. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. Fascinating, kind of yes. I never really thought of it that way, but sure. But yeah, so um, novelty, like we we can tour now and have more than five people at a show. Yeah. <laughs> Which is nice. It's nice to have that. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I am so happy I did this for whatever reason. I, I wish I'd actually journaled because then I could write my punk rock book, which is really trendy. Uh, but I can't remember enough to write a punk rock book. Rose from Poster Children is writing one. and I, I Of course, Rose is writing one because Rose has a mind like a steel trap. I love that woman. In fact, when people ask me occasionally in these interviews, what bass players player influenced you i'll say rose from the poster children and that's like no one's expecting me to say that but they're she's a stone badass i mean she's yeah, they're expecting me to say you know whatever yeah I don't John know, like, jones or exactly <laughs> and i'm dave I'm, allen okay cool and i don't give a shit about them lovingly like i can appreciate the musicianship but that's not people who influenced me yeah um rose did because rose was is still because they're playing is nerdy and kind of a weirdo on stage but also a maniac on stage and like i'm like she's just fucking cool um everything about her is cool and she's they're super smart as you know like like when job and poster children would play it's like Super nerd. <laughs> yeah, like, push your glasses like, up on your nose. Exactly. <laughs> come to the dressing room to like get an autograph or like interview us, and we'd all be like reading, reading books, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're talking about quantum physics and Kierkegaard yeah. to talk to yeah, you about this totally. right now. Totally. <laughs> um, we're about to be interrupted by my son. I'm on a live show right now. What kind? <laughs> There's a bunch in your room in a bucket. I saw them. That's my son needing batteries, just, you know, just to keep it real. That was a fascinating single part of a conversation, to be clear. Because <laughs> yes, I'm sure he's, he's super, sure he's downstairs watching this live right yeah, now. As many, as thousands are, yes. Actually, he came to the 930 Club show. And, really? Yeah, and he listens to a steady diet of very underground rap and hip-hop. Uh, the last band we probably mutually got into were, were like the Decemberists when he was like 11. Um, and then after that, he was done with, right. with this genre of music. And, and so I, what was his take? What, what, what did he... His take was he'd never seen us live and really didn't know the music because it's just not his cup of tea. Like it's not like, listen to mom's band. I, would not, I didn't play it for him or anything. Um, his take was you know, mom, I kind of expected you to be like that on stage, but dad really surprised me. So I'm a, I'm a maniac, like on stage and in real life, like I'm really high energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bill's pretty buttoned up. He's very stoic, very put together. And I, Nick had never seen dad like that, like on his back. No, no, he's, he's a, he's a maniac. Like, and I say that as a fan, like, no, like they're, most nights I have to like be careful I don't trip on Bill as I leave the stage. Like I'm like picking my way around Bill, like who's lying on his back on the stage. 
and, and it's funny because Brooks is not going to be like that. Yeah. And I actually think there'll be some kind of like shift here uh, where your eyes going to be maybe more on me and Jay, right? Or yeah, Zach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Brooks likes to play that role. Like he likes to. Like I, I think, this- I think of uh, Ant Whistle in The Who, right? Yeah, I think Brooks. Brooks is definitely I don't not a maniac on stage like Bill, and I he does have big shoes to fill. He's fully capable of it. Um, and you know it's funny I do I do think like could we have lost Jay and still be doing Jawbox? The answer is definitely no. Um, and then I think of myself like you think of yourself. It's like we'll be really different without me because I'm we're I'm crazy on stage and I'm in the middle. Yeah, I'm a woman. And, and then like Zach's so singular. And so Bill, it's like still a big loss though. Um, well, it's going to be different, but I mean, I think the songs, the songs will carry it. And, I also say Brooks has an amazing voice. So there's that, people who thought there could be a job box without Adam. No, I know. So um, <laughs> clearly there was. So, so yes, yeah, so we're doing this. And um, I think people will be pleasantly surprised by Brooks. And I, I I'm really proud of the way we, unveiled that news because we're always quite transparent as a band and a lot of people in bands aren't and it was like i asked bill first to write something and um he's like well no why don't you write it i did and he kind of approved it um he's like he he didn't even feel comfortable writing it mm-hmm. and um did i mention the dirt i think i might have mentioned the dirt road i hope i did so, you, so you definitely mentioned the dirt road i appreciate it big impact on me um and you know, I wanted people to know and not be weird about it. And people were like, and also Bill had a, Bill got a rare opportunity that not many people get. And I won't get it. <laughs> Is because Jawbox will just peter out and I won't get this. But because he left the band, he got much love from fans and uh, on social media. And I, I, that's pretty special to get to see that. Not many people get to see that. It's too bad that people, don't want to do that while it's happening actively. Yeah, no, I know. Thing, you know? I think a little bit. I'm like, Oh, I'd love some appreciations. Um, <laughs> Sometimes you need that. Right. Sometimes that'll help you carry through. You know, appreciating people like helps drive them forward in life. Right. Yeah, like, you know, and not kissing someone's ass, but like, just like, Hey, you know, if I can, what you're doing is matters and is cool. And people trust me, people reach out to me probably more than anyone in the band. Cause I'm, I've always been a little more available, I think, uh, first with letters and with social media, and I'm very approachable. And I, I, I realize now on this tour, especially, I influenced a lot of young women. Um, uh, there's been at least two people who have chimed in on the chat tonight that have said that. I, mean, I didn't know that. Like I didn't know that. You know, yeah. so um, I didn't know that influence I had, and that that feels that's good feedback for me as a human being to have like, like something I did mattered in the thread of this universe. Like, you know, it's cool. The, the friend that got me into you guys in the, in the way that like, I became like a huge fan, Aaron Dorbin, like you're, you are, you loom large in her story and she's a badass in her own right. And that's um, cool. like she tapes, tapes were made tapes. Tapes were made. Tapes were made. <laughs> and, 
you know, like that's the, but that's the kind of influence that the band has had. Is it like when it, it, it matters so much for the people it matters to. Well, we, we also. Myself included, I should say, I'm not, I'm not exempt to that. Awesome. <laughs> We, we come from D.C., right? The D.C. vibe. We have a certain ethos. Like, I think we are more approachable than some bands. Like, we always were very available. Yeah. And I did something on this tour that I I, I used to do to some extent, but um, I, I'm an I'm a extrovert introvert. I, I am an extrovert until I hit a wall, and then I'm just done with people. <laughs> I need to recharge my batteries alone. Sure. And you know, so being on tour is a lot of people. I knew there was a reason why we, we get along so well, by the way. Anyway, go Okay. Ahead. <laughs> so that you too? Like, so, I mean, I, there are moments on tour, this tour, especially because the shows were bigger, where I got really overwhelmed, like, by the end of the night. How could you not? You, it's, it, like, all the love and all the talk. And, but, so what I made myself do is at the end of every set, uh, rather than retreat, I, I'm, like, threw my bass down and just, fucking walked into the audience just just like yeah. that like kind of made my way back towards the wherever the merchandise is being sold and just talk to people because i'm like you know how much longer will you do this kim and how many chances like this will you get to interact with people like this and it, it, it had a lot of meaning for me and for others and i got to meet people who brought their kids like their kids were into job <laughs> So like, here's my daughter who's into you. Yeah, 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 yeah. How bad is that, right? It's cool. And it, it just, so I did that every single night. In fact, sometimes I would go outside before the show started if there was like a line and just talk to people in line. And that's like way outside my comfort zone. But I just yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. pushed myself and it, 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 it meant a lot to me <laughs> to interact that way, not just being a player on the stage to like, be like, I'm a person just like you. And some people were like a little in awe, which I find just so I can't see myself in that way. It's not the punk rock thing. Right. But it's like, not, it's not, but there was like some, like, can we take a picture? You know? Yeah. Um, sure. It's, whatever. It's all very sweet though. It's, it's sweet. And it is our little like indie rock village. Um, it means a lot to me. Well, and that's, you know, it, 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 it's a band that is important to people and, and to be able to have a representation of it live with all of the people that are in the band as they are now and bringing those same songs that brought such meaning to people and, and brought like I told. All right. So I told I don't even rest of this on air or off, but like. I told Jay, like how much the meaning of just the one line of. You know, since I got myself an easy job, I think that's the line, right? Like yes. I was like, fuck, I think about that so often. Like more often than I even like think about it in context of the song, but like little things like that where it's a part of people's lives. Yeah, like, no, like it, it, it's it's hard. Not when they're doing cool shit, maybe when they're doing cool shit too, but like when they're not doing cool shit. Some of them are doing cool shit and some of them are not doing cool shit, right? And, and no, it's so humbling to realize you've got an impact, you know? Yeah. No, like it's I mean, like I said, it was important in my own personal story, and I wouldn't bring it up if I didn't thought it was salient, that, like, when I saw you play, I was bumming. Like, we played a crap show, like, the night before. It sucked. It sucked, and I'm like, what in the name of F am I doing right now? 
okay, let's just see this band I really like. And like afterwards, stuff felt more okay. That's huge. So glad. And Chicago was a great example of where I hit my, my introvert side came because I know so many people in Chicago and so many people even came in from other places in the Midwest to that show. And if you know the Metro, there's like a social room outside the dressing room. Okay, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. If you don't know, it's like band dressing rooms plus a big like rectangular area where you can bring people you know back. Yeah. It's it's like there's like it's like multi there's like the dressing room and then there's like the real dressing room that we right. actually and, get away from. I so <laughs> many people came back after the show that I kind of lost my mind, like the claustrophobia, and the, yeah. and I had a retreat to like the actual dressing room. And Alan Epley uh, from Shiner and the Life of Shiner, friend of the show, dear friend of mine, gets it. Like he was the only one with me back there at that point. I was just like, just needed a moment. Like, and that's it's it's so okay. It was like a who's who of Chicago too. Like it was a lot. You know, like I'm like, there's the guys from Naked Ray God. Exactly. This is your life kind of moment. It it kind of was. It was. It was lovely. Um, And I just had a moment. I'm like, I need to retreat. Uh, you know, we barely talked about DeSoto, but I, I just have to say that the, the story of the egg has been uh, talked about multiple times. Like, you know, when I, I've had Josh on a few times, he's my dude. I've had Alan I on. I just love Shiner to pieces. Like, I just, love, I just love them. And like, that was something that uh, I didn't know, you know, not being natively from the Midwest, I, I didn't know from Shiner until people were like, oh, you guys should play with Shiner. I'm talking about the Shiner band. Okay, okay. And then, like, I heard that record, and I was like, fuck. Like, <laughs> this is really good. <laughs> you know, Alan Epley's one of the, like, he's just a fucking songwriter. No, like, really. He's you know, a great musician, great voice. I've, he is, um, you know, there's sometimes musicians in your life who have a profound emotional effect on you. Like, yeah. I, I like many bands, even love many bands, but they don't maybe move me emotionally. Like I just want to get right. some music. Something about his voice, the timbres of his voice. I just like, he brings tears to my eyes at times. Like it's wild. Uh, it's special. Like, for me. Yeah, it is special. And he's just, don't tell him I said so, but it is. <laughs> he's, he's a Midwesterner. So he's humble too. Yeah. He, he wouldn't be able to accept it anyway. He so. wouldn't be able to accept it anyway. I mean, you get a few of them. And then he knows I love the pieces. I've been on his show that he does. He also runs an excellent conversational kind of oh, podcast. I yeah, I've had him on. He hasn't had me on, but you know, whatever. Well, the bastard. I mean, he's not all good. <laughs> he's too busy having like everyone he worked with in the Blue Man Group on. It's it's oh, a great show. I love it. The fact that he played in the Blue Man Group. I mean, it's pretty. How, funny. <laughs> how bizarre it's is funny. that? It's great. It's 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 beautiful. I love it. It is, it is, it is beautiful. Alan's the best. Um, so I think I've answered your question with the records, um, you know, how I feel about them. And I'm proud of all of them. You know, it is it is almost like I have one, just one child, but like there's different developmental milestones yeah. in raising a kid. And there's so there is with a band too over time and, you know, pros and cons of each era kind of, I think. Well, totally. And like I said, I was thinking about today, and it's a, it's a rare example of a band that just got better and better as it went on. 
And uh, I, I honestly, only with caveats can I think of a single example where mm -hmm. that was not this like steady gradation. And, and I, like I said, I listened to self-titled today at buying the aforementioned cat food. And I was like, fuck, this rips. Like, if this came out, if this was the only record by this band, I'd be like, this is one of my favorite records. And that's saying a lot. It's one of the reasons. I to a lot of stuff. There's too. a lot of songs from that record. And it, there's a reason for it. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's um, a band at the height of its power. You know, that, that that's astounding. So, uh, Kim, this, is, this has been honestly a delight. Like, so delightful. Uh, last thing I ask, I, you, I it's the only can question I ever ask. You can choose to interpret it however you like, but why do you do what you do? It's not heavy or deep or existential or anything. Let's see. Um, the thing about me is, and I think this describes most humans, it's, I do the music, but I also do so much more than music. So you were specifically referring to my music. You can choose to interpret it however you like. I guess you said that. Um, uh, connection. Connection is why why I do what I do. I, I just think um, it's important to me to be connected uh, with people. And, and music is such a great touch point for that. And it has been since I was a little girl. Uh, it just has continued. And so I will, I will speak to the music, but also many other things I do in my life. Um, the I've met some beautiful people from all over the world and not everyone gets a chance to do that. And I think that's been, that's one of the reasons I, I do it. Kim Clatter. Thank you ever so much. This has been lovely. This has been so much fun. And, and yeah, it's good for me to go now. So I don't start yawning because it would not be an indication that I'm not excited. It would just be that I'm tired. Um, but thank you. It was really fun. Thank you ever so much. Okay. Ah, there she goes. Let's listen to some job box. It's definitely going to be one. Come on. Tripwire eyes kindle a smile to warm its skin size. Sweet as a chance to slip time. I'm good, gone down on the hip. I'm good, gone down on the hip. From the arc of a swan dive Pulled out tight to the pitch of a taut line Good, gone, down on the hip I'm good, gone, down on the hip I think the shaking stop, shaking stop I think the shaking stop, shaking stop Solution to suspend the farewell. I'm good, gone, finger to the left. 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 I think we should get stuck. We should get stuck.
shaking stopped, the shaking stopped. I think the shaking stopped, the shaking stopped.
savory. Savory. Before that was uh, One Come Off. We talked about it enough. Play it on the tour, Jay. Do it. God damn it. I'd like to give a... Oh, both of those are by Jawbox, by the way. Uh, I'd like to give a huge shout-out to... The guest for tonight. The incredible Kim Collette. What a badass. What a awesome... Awesome musician. Episode 278 of Cut a New Transport Controversial with Kim Coletta. Yeah, there's Jawbox stuff coming. She can't talk about it. Pay attention. They're, they're on social media. Again, the name of the show is Conan Transportron Conversal. Thank you very much for listening to it. This show airs on Radio Nope Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific. Also live streaming Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, lots of stuff. Listen to archives of the show, ProtonicReversal.com. Always free, no ads, no sponsors, no kidding. Signing off, Mr. and Mrs. America. But if you'd like to support the show and get episodes sooner, you can give $1 a month to Patreon.com slash ProtonicReversal. And if you like the show, or even just a single episode, please feel free to share it along, like, subscribe, post a review, all that. Help people find the show. I've got... It's a, just a darn nice thing to do. Frankly, fifty thousand watts. Two hundred seventy-eight episodes. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Gotta say. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for supporting this show. You know, telling people about it. Writing back. It's uh, this microphone turns sound into electricity. Makes me feel like I'm wasting my time here. Can you hear me now? Stay safe out there. Out on Route 128, in the dark and I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10.
like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. Got my radio. 